0: Everybody, good morning, and uh, welcome to Westgate Church. Uh, if this is your first time visiting us, uh, we are thrilled uh, for you to be here. My name is Finney Abraham. If you're newish and, you know, have never seen me on stage, I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and uh, I get to do lead uh, all our efforts outside the vaults of our church locally here in Santa Clara County. And one of the things I really like uh, about uh, this ministry and what I do here locally is I get to interact and be a pastor for folks uh, who are outside the church, who probably would never uh, come inside uh, a church in their lifetime. Uh, But they also have issues similar like ours, and they're doing some really impactful work through the city, through the county, through nonprofits, and I get to pray for them. I get to support them, and uh, I get to uh, encourage them as they continue to do good work in our community. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, very uh, happy to uh, serve God this way and for this opportunity that God has given us here. Um, As we are in the second week of Compassion Immersion, uh, you know, today we will be focusing mostly on the local efforts that we've been able to do in our city. And it is all because of your participation through uh, your uh, time and your talent and your efforts. And uh, I just want to thank you uh, for being involved in God's work here in our city. Um, there are many ways to uh, encourage our missionaries, as some of you just uh, heard, uh, to take some time to get to know them and to encourage them. Uh, because you know the ministry here in Bay Area, as most of you who are followers of Christ should know, this is hard soil. Any kind of ministry here in the Bay Area is difficult. And uh, these are the areas that we couldn't go or we can go. That our missionary partners are able to go, and the least we can do is to encourage them, get to know what they are doing, partner in some ways uh, if you could, uh, so that uh, God's name will be glorified through you in our city. A few months ago, I had a great uh, conversation with one of our principals in a local school that we serve. Uh, We have a ministry here called School Impact, uh, one of uh, uh, powerful ministries that we do for uh, the last 13 14 years uh, school impact and kids club let me just take a moment to just thank our uh, volunteers and our school impact reps uh, you're doing a fantastic job in uh, keeping uh, god's message to our children uh, that will have impact for the years to come uh, to this conversation that i i had with our principals uh, usually it lasts about 15 to 20 minutes i meet at least eight or nine principals uh, but with this uh, particular principal, uh, she talked to me for about an hour, and it was about what was happening after children got back to school after 18 months of being at home. And what she told me, there were certain things that really stood out to me, was, you know, in terms of uh, the education and how kids would catch up with that, she was not too worried about it. She knew that at some point that uh, these are smart kids and we have resources and we'll get there and that's okay. Okay. What she was worried about was the behavior and the value system of kids after 18 months of being uh, at home. That they almost forgot how to interact with teachers. They almost forgot how to interact with their principals. And this was not just one or two child just uh, you know, not listening or being naughty. This was about how teachers were really anxious to work with a large crowd of kids. At one point, you know, there were things in TikTok about slap a teacher or break things in the school, and there was real anxiety. There was real concern. There was a point where some schools had to be closed, and in the midst of it, this principal asked me what the church can do, and it really made me think. She asked her parents and others who were involved, uh, and, and, you know, if they could in some way help, and they couldn't because, you know, all of them work, and it, in order to live here in this area, both parents need to work. It was difficult. And I asked, what is the thing that she, what is the one few things that we could do, what, what it could be? The value system that they're asking for their children to know are the values of respect and kindness and generosity. And I told her that if a church cannot do this, no one else will be able to do it. And we were uh, so privileged to partner with this school We were able to do some really interesting work. We are going to uh, be there for almost an entire week, uh, interacting with students. We are able to do this with a nonprofit because of your generosity uh, through our loud offering. Folks, here's what I learned from it, that the present culture is not asking if Christianity is true. They're asking the question if Christianity is good. In a polarized culture, where we you know, have all kinds of ideology in our midst, uh, where ideology has more value than understanding God or theology, I'm not surprised that this question is being asked. But here is the fact. The Bible and history teaches us that the gospel message is essentially good news. And it has been good news for over 2,000 years for individuals, for families, for communities, for cities, and nations. And it has changed people's lives, and people's mind, and people's attitude towards their community. This is equally true for our city here, right here in Santa Clara County. God is still moving and working in some amazing ways that uh, only God can do in our community. You would see these examples and stories in the CI book uh, that you would receive here, it is completely filled with the faithfulness of God and the stories in which God is using churches and especially uh, here, your community, each one of you, uh, to uh, join God's mission of impacting people with the good news. What I would like to do today is to look through a very well-known passage, Philippians chapter two. Many of us even know this uh, Uh, By heart, Um, we on our staff, we were learning this, I think, in 2020 or 2021, the entire uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2 passage, very well-known passage about the mind of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a little bit of context about what this uh, chapter is all about. Paul is writing this in prison in Rome, and he's writing to a church that he uh, started in Philippi in modern Eastern Europe. And he is challenging people in this church who are going through persecution to love the other unconditionally and to love them and care for them even at the cost of their own life. And he's challenging and telling that you can only do this if you have the mind of Christ, which is what he'll be explaining in uh, chapter 2. So let me read for you Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. It's a rather uh, long session, so uh, just stay with me. So what it says therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like minded having the same love being one in spirit and one in mind do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others about yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each one of you to the interest of others. Verse five, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Let me pause there and just explain a little bit what's going on here. Paul is asking and encouraging the church. To be united about something, he uses at least four or five different, uh, you know, s- times the same word and its cognates: unity, be one-minded, be like-minded about something that he thinks that is important for this church to live out the gospel message. Paul is telling: be united in having the mindset of Jesus. Be united in having the mind of Jesus. And what is the mind of Jesus? He explains in verse 6 through 8. Who being in very nature, uh, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he, as Jesus, made himself nothing uh, by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's the mindset of Jesus. Jesus' mindset, as we understand through this passage, was one of serving the other, even at the cost of his own self. The word that is used here for other is a Greek word, heteros, which is used over 98 times. And this is the, the word that is used for Everyone outside your immediate community. There is another word used for other, for one another, those who are inside the church. This is for outside folks you may not know, folks that are actually persecuting this church. The value of otherness is something that as Christians we need to follow. Following Jesus is learning to embody the value of otherness in your own life. At a time when we are so divided and polarized in our community, I believe this is the greatest opportunity of the church to show the goodness of God by being united to serve the other. The unity that Paul is calling here for us is the unity in caring for the other, even at grave cost to one's own self. Church, that is the greatest apologetic that we have to a skeptical world. There is a culture out there that is so skeptical and asking the question, is the church good? The answer to that is this, follow the mindset of Jesus. Have the attitude of Jesus. And the attitude of Jesus is this, care for the other, serve the other, love the other, even at the cost of your own self. The great question that we need to ask during this time is who is the other in your sphere of influence? Who is the other in your community? Who is the other in your own family? It starts with family. Those who are struggling, those who are lonely, the refugees, the immigrants, the ones who are hurting. God is calling us to be family to the other. And it is possible to do that by loving the other. That's how you will show the goodness of God, to a skeptical community. When Afghan refugees started coming to uh, uh, Santa Clara County, I got an email from one of our county supervisors asking, is there some way Westgate can support uh, this effort as Afghan refugees are coming here? We have a large number of Afghan refugees here because of uh, the Afghan community in Fremont. And at this time, uh, when uh, the supervisor reached out to me, I was uh, so very glad uh, to uh, you know, hear what ways we could participate. But the one thing that she told me that stood to my mind was, she was telling, we have enough resources to support them. We have millions of dollars kept aside to support these individuals. But for folks who are going through trauma, and who has experienced trauma from a country and coming to an absolutely new country, do not know nothing. It is only the presence of another person, the caring presence of another person, the love of another person can heal them. This is not coming from a Christian person. It's coming from a person who is not a Christ follower, and knowing and seeing what the church can do. That is our greatest apologetic. It is not more doctrine. It is not more other things that we need to preach into others' life. We need to live out the mindset of Jesus. And the mindset of Jesus is this, care for the other even at cost of your own self. Unity, if this kind, is what would bring light in the midst of darkness. That is what would bring light in the midst of what is happening in the last two years of constant stress and tension that we're going through in trying to understand how to live, uh, you know, after this, this pandemic. There is depression, there is anxiety, there's fear out there. If you need to show the light of Jesus, the best way to do that, according to the Scripture, is to have the value to care for the other. Paul, later in Philippians 2, verses 14, says do all things without grumbling and disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shall shine as light in the world. That is how we will show light to a generation that is crooked and twisted. Paul is urging the Philippian church who are going through persecution to love their neighbors, to love the other, even though they're hurting uh, their own community. You know, it is fascinating to show, to understand the goodness of God this way. Many a times as I was reading this passage, I thought that this unity is about a vision. This unity is about what we have to do outside. But what the scripture is teaching here is be united together to serve the other. That way people will see the beauty, and the goodness of God. We we can experience the goodness of God because, you know, God is not just an abstract idea. It is real, and His goodness lives out, embodies in those who follow Him. And that can be shown to the world when you care and love the other. On May 26, 2021, uh, we had a tragic incident in San Jose, with the WTA shooting. And as soon as the shooting happened, over 10 people who lost their lives, uh, we got a call from the mayor's office to see if we can put together a prayer vigil. Now, I didn't know nothing about a prayer vigil, but this is, the, this is another thing I like about my ministry. There are random things just shows up about shooting and fire and all kinds of stuff. But we, we have a great staff who helps us to uh, you know, do things in a good way, beautiful way, so that people will see the goodness of God. And as we stepped into creating this atmosphere of a prayer vigil, we worked with all kinds of religion, all kinds of folks out there uh, to to get, to give an opportunity for people to grieve. Steve actually spoke to close to a thousand people and and told them that what they can do during a moment of darkness uh, as they are standing. In the midst of that, there's this one uh, Punjabi man who lost his brother in the shooting, he saw me organizing this and came and told me that, thank you for giving us a platform to grief, because real grieving can only happen in the presence of a God. I don't know if this person is a Christian or not, but I know one thing, in the midst of so many people who were hurting, all of them knew that it is only in the presence of God they can truly grieve. Not in presence of Politicians and others, all of them stepped back, and it was uh, faith leaders who were leading that. In the moment of darkness, in the moment of complete uh, disarray, we know that the only place you can find goodness and healing is in the presence of God. And we were able to do that in a powerful way. As a church, I want to challenge each one of us, if we want to impact our community... If we want to show the love of God and the goodness of God that can actually heal people, the only way to do that is for us to be united in serving the other. May I challenge and ask you the question, who is that other in your own life? Who is that other in your community? Who is that other in your family? So that God can, God loves that person and God can use you to show his goodness uh, to that person. How can we do this quickly a uh, few thoughts about it number one embrace humility just in this passage in verses in, in verses three and verse eight we see the word uh, humility used uh, in verse three it says in humility count others more significant than yourself and in verse eight it says being found jesus being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross the bridge to, for us to care for the other and to love the other and to forgive the other is to understand the value of humility. True humility cares for the other and love the other, not because of their social status or who they are, but because they are created in the image of God and they carry value. Regardless of who you are or where you come from, true humility happens because you believe and, and know that each one of them are created in God's image and carries value. Humility then here is an understanding of respecting that humanity God has given to each folks so that God's name can be glorified as we continue to honor them and humble ourselves and serve each one of them. C.S. Lewis is uh, really helpful here. He says, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking yourself less. Anything C.S. Lewis, I need to read three times to understand, so let me read one more time, okay? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking yourself less. It is understanding who you are before a holy and almighty God. Who we are before a holy and almighty God is this. Everybody, regardless of who you are, we are sinful, broken people away from communion from an awesome God. But God in his mercy purchased us through Jesus Christ so that his radiance shine upon us. If you know who you are before a holy God, you would be able to be humble to the other that you may not know, that you may not love, that you may not accept. Or you may not understand. You would be able to be humble to them. If you know who you are before God. True humility cares for the other. Because you really understand who you are before God. But may I challenge you. If it is difficult for you to be humble to others. If it is difficult for you to care for others. And love others. And I tell you this. Because you know I'm, I'm also a person who is outside the walls of this church. In the community. And I know. There is discord. There is, you know, a sense of not being able to be united. We are divided in many, many ways. We have identifying ways we can get divided. But the scripture is telling, be united in serving the other. Be humble so that you can, you can do it. The way you can get there is by knowing who you are before an almighty and a holy God. That is why Jesus in the gospel says, love your neighbors as yourself. We always talk about the first part of it, love your neighbors, but it says love your neighbors as yourself. If you do not know who you are before God, you'll not be able to love the other the way Jesus loved. You'll be able to do it for some time if you need to consistently do it and not be drained out and, and to do it in a way that God's name will be glorified you need to embrace humility so that God's name will be glorified through you to the other in our community. And finally, let's do this together. There is something so powerful about God's people coming together and doing this in God's name. You know, everybody else also says, you know, let's unite. It's, it's, it's better to be together. That is not what the scripture is telling. There is something unique about God's people coming together and living out his value, that would heal our city, that would bring transformation to our place. And so, each one of us, if we can unite in this vision to care for the other, I believe God will continue to use our church, our communities, Christians for transformation in our city. You know, Steve usually has these one-liners, and sometimes I take note of it. And this is one one of those great one-liners he has. I don't know if he. Got it from somewhere, but, you know, if he says it's more powerful, so let me just try and read through this, and uh, just imagine Steve is telling, okay? (laughs) Says, uh, a wolf by itself is just a dog, but in a pack, it's a force to reckon with. Just imagine Steve is telling that. It's very powerful. The the idea is so amazing. By ourselves, we could do some things, but together, we are more strong. And that is not because of what culture says. That is because what Scripture says. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people, it doesn't say if a person, all people, if God's people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. If we want to see healing in Santa Clara County, in the city of San Jose, and other cities that you may be part of. I truly believe that God can use each one of you. God can use our church and our churches in Silicon Valley if we can be united in this value to care for the other. If we can be united to love the other and forgive the other so that God's image can be shown to, us, to these folks. It is difficult to do that. That is why we say that God can only do this, but God can use sinful, broken people like us to love and care for the other because of what he has done through Jesus Christ, his son on the cross. And 2021 was a challenging year, but because of your generosity, your time, your treasure and your talent as a church, we were able to be light in our city. 2022 will bring its own kinds of challenges. But I'm confident that if we follow Jesus' model, and if we unite in serving the other, we will be able to show a skeptical world that Jesus is good, his plans are good for all, and that submitting to his authority is the only way true healing and true transformation can happen in our city and in our county. Church, let me challenge you. As a church, we can continue to do that if we take this value to ourselves as an individual you can make a change in your own family if you take this value into your heart because i believe there is so much more to do so much more uh, for god to do in our community and we can do this together as a church for the glory of god because god cares for every single person as you just heard in that video for the people who are in jail god's children for the people who are in the streets god's children for the homeless God's children, we can serve them. We can change that situation if we embrace this value of loving and caring for the other. Let's close our eyes as we end this time in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your Son and our Savior Jesus Christ through whom God, we have received the grace of Of your radiance in our lives. God we thank you that you would choose sinful broken people to do your work to do your amazing transformational work to show your goodness the goodness of an Almighty Creator God through broken people like ourselves in this church and others in Silicon Valley. We are honored Lord But God, help us to be united in serving the other. That is your heart. That is your mind. And God, I pray as a church that we would embrace your mind. That we would embrace your heart. That we would do things that only you can do in our city. That only you can bring transformation to our city. That only you can heal, O Lord. God, so I pray that you would take our feeble efforts. And you would bless it. Because we would do this together for your glory and for the transformation of your children in our communities. Use us as individuals and as a church. We pray and ask all this in the sweet name of your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.